0: Hey, Lurkers, I just wanted to tell you I hope you all have a safe and happy Halloween. And I am going to share a bonus episode with you for Halloween. But first, I wanted to give you some news. Things are crazy busy here. I have been really stressed trying to get a lot of things accomplished in a minimal amount of free time and that includes being able to produce this podcast so that's research which sometimes takes days um typing up the notes recording editing um it takes a, a great deal of time which i don't mind doing because this is something that i actually enjoy doing but unfortunately it's one of the things that is easiest for me to set aside briefly so, I am taking a two month break from the podcast. There will not be any new episodes in the months of November and December. There are a lot of things going on with holiday planning, hosting. I have scout functions um, meetings that I have to take care of. And During that two-month time period, the plan is for me to get a lot of the research done, get the notes typed up, get some recorded, edited, so that I can get back on track. When, When the podcast was first started, I actually had four episodes stockpiled at a time. So when I was releasing an episode, I still had three to four ready to go. There was never any absolute rush to try to record and edit and release all within the same week. When we had the shift in the podcast where it went from host co-host to just me, I had no choice but to use all of the stockpiled episodes that I had while that was all being figured out and reworked. So I've been playing catch up for two years and it is catching up with me. I love doing this. I will be back the beginning of the new year, 2024, with all new episodes, Um, hoping that I will be less stressed and be doing a better job with my time management. And um, I just want to throw this out there because I shared it with one loyal lurker It's great advice that I gave her, it's advice that I try to tell myself, but I think people really need to remember this, that on the airplane, they tell you in their emergency talk at the beginning, that if there is a loss of pressure, and the oxygen mask drops down, you have to put your own oxygen mask on before you can help anybody else. So that's what I'm doing here. I am putting on my oxygen mask, getting myself in a good spot so that I can start this new year coming up in a better frame of mind and a better spot. So in the meantime, I will be posting uh, some replays of episodes, popular episodes, and Maybe jumping on here just to share some updates. In the meantime, during all this, if you have topic suggestions, now's an excellent time to send them to me at lurkpodcast at yahoo.com or through the social media links um, because I will be researching and doing a lot of work with new topics. Anyway, here is the telling of Edgar Allan Poe's The Telltale Heart which is probably my favorite Poe short story. Again, everybody out there, have a safe and happy Halloween. I fear not the dark itself, but what may lurk within it. Welcome to Lurk, bringing you creepy, strange, and bone-chilling stories with your host, Jamie Jackson. Happy Halloween, lurkers! Today I have something a little bit special for you. I decided, because we talked about Poe a few weeks ago, that I would read one of his short stories in celebration of halloween so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna read poe's short story entitled the Tell-Tale heart this is one of my favorites true nervous very nervous dreadfully nervous i had been and am but why will you say that i am mad the disease had sharpened my senses not destroyed not dulled them above all was the sense of hearing acute i heard all things in the heaven and in the earth i heard many things in hell how then am i mad hearken and observe how healthily how calmly i can tell you the whole story it is impossible to say how the idea first entered my brain but once conceived it haunted me day and night object there was none passion there was none I loved the old man. He had never wronged me. He had never given me insult, for his gold I had no desire. I think it was his eye. Yes, it was this. He had the eye of a vulture, a pale blue eye with a film over it. Whenever it fell upon me, my blood ran cold, and so by degrees, very gradually, I made up my mind to take the life of the old man and thus rid myself of the eye forever now this is the point you fancy me mad Mad Madmen know nothing but you should have seen me you should have seen how wisely i proceeded with what caution with what foresight with what dissimulation i went to work i was never kinder to the old man than during the whole week before i killed him and every night about midnight I turned the latch of his door and opened it, oh so gently. And then, when I had made an opening sufficient for my head, I put in a dark lantern, all closed, closed so that no light shone out. And then I thrust in my head. Oh, you should have laughed to see how cunningly I thrust it in. I moved it slowly, very, very slowly, so that I might not disturb the old man's sleep. It took me an hour to place my whole head within the opening, so far that I could see him as he lay upon his bed. (laughs) Ha-ha! Would a man-man have been so wise as this? And then, when my head was well in the room, I undid the lantern cautiously. Oh, so cautiously, cautiously, for the hinges creaked. I undid it just so much that a single thin ray fell upon the vulture eye. And this I did for seven long nights, every night just at midnight. But I found the eye always closed, and so it was impossible to do the work. For it was not the old man who vexed me, but his evil eye. And every morning when the day broke, I went boldly into the chamber and spoke courageously to him, calling him by name in a hearty tone and inquiring how he had passed the night so you see he would have been a very profound old man indeed to suspect that every night just at twelve i looked in upon him while he slept upon the eighth night i was more than usually cautious in opening the door a watch's minute hand moves more quickly than did mine Never before that night had I felt the extent of my own powers, of my sagacity. I could scarcely contain my feelings of triumph, to think that there I was, opening the door, little by little, and he not even dreaming of my secret deeds or thoughts. I fairly chuckled at the idea, and perhaps he heard me, for he moved on the bed suddenly, as if startled. Now, you may think that I drew back, but no. His room was as black as pitch with a thick darkness, for the shutters were close fastened through fear of robbers. And so I knew he could not see the opening of the door. And I kept pushing it on steadily, steadily. I had my head in and was about to open the lantern when my thumb slipped upon the tin fastening and the old man sprang up in bed crying out, "'Who's there?' I kept quite still and said nothing. For a whole hour I did not move a muscle, and in the meantime I did not hear him lie down. He was still sitting up in the bed listening, just as I have done, night after night, hearkening to the death watches in the wall. Presently I heard a slight groan, and I knew it was the groan of mortal terror it was not a groan of pain or grief. Oh, no, it was the low, stifled sound that arises from the bottom of the soul when overcharged with awe. I knew the sound well. Many a night just at midnight, when all the world slept, it has welled up from my own bosom, deepening with the dreadful echo and terrors that distracted me. I say I knew it well, I knew what the old man felt and pitied him, although I chuckled at heart. I knew that he had been lying awake ever since the first light noise, when he had turned in to bed. His fears had been growing upon him ever since. He had been trying to fancy them, causeless, but could not. He had been saying to himself, it is nothing, nothing but the wind in the chimney, it is only a mouse crossing the floor, or it is merely a cricket which has made a single chirp. Yes, he has been trying to comfort himself with these suppositions, but he had found them all in vain, all in vain, because death, in approaching him, had stalked with his black shadow before him and enveloped the victim. And it was the mournful influence of the unperceived shadow that caused him to feel, although he never saw nor heard, to feel the presence of my head within the room. When I had waited a long time, very patiently, without hearing him lie down, I resolved to open a little, a very, very little crevice in the lantern, so I opened it. You cannot imagine how stealthily, stealthily, until at length a single dim ray, like the thread of the spider, shot from out the crevice and fell full upon the vulture eye. It was open, wide, wide open, and I grew furious as I gazed upon it. I saw it with perfect distinctness, all a dull blue with a hideous veil over it that chilled the very marrow in my bones. But I could see nothing else of the old man's face or person, for I had directed the ray as if by instinct precisely upon the damned spot. And I have not told you that what you mistake for madness is but over-acuteness of the senses." Now I say, there came to my ears a low, dull, quick sound, such as a watch makes when enveloped in cotton. I knew that sound well, too. It was the beating of the old man's heart. It increased my fury as the beating of a drum stimulates the soldier into courage. But even yet I refrained and kept still. I scarcely breathed. I held the lantern motionless. I tried to see how steadily i could maintain the ray upon the eye meantime the hellish tattoo of the heart increased it grew quicker and quicker and louder and louder every instant the old man's terror must have been extreme it grew louder i say louder every moment do you mark me well i have told you that i am nervous so i am and now at the dead hour of the night amid the dreadful silence of that old house so strange a noise as this excited me to uncontrollable terror yet for some minutes longer i refrained and stood still but the beating grew louder louder i thought the heart must burst and now a new anxiety seized me the sound would be heard by a neighbor the old man's hour had come with a loud yell i threw open the lantern and leaped into the room he shrieked once, once only. In an instant, I dragged him to the floor and pulled the heavy bed over him. I then smiled gaily to find the deed so far done. But for many minutes, the heart beat on with a muffled sound. This, however, did not vex me. It would not be heard through the wall. At length, it ceased. The old man was dead. I removed the bed and examined the corpse. Yes, he was stoned, stone dead. I placed my hand upon the heart and held it there many minutes. There was no pulsation. He was stone dead. His eye would trouble me no more. If you still think me mad, you will think so no longer when I describe the wise precautions I took for the concealment of the body. The night waned, and I woke, hastily but in silence. First of all, I dismembered the corpse. I cut off the head and the arms and the legs. I then took up three planks from the flooring of the chamber and deposited all between the scantlings. I then replaced the boards to cleverly, so cunningly, that no human eye, not even his, could have detected anything wrong. There was nothing to wash out, no stain of any kind, no blood spot, whatever. I had been too wary for that. A tub had caught all. (laughs) Ha ha! When I had made an end of these labors, it was four o'clock, still dark as midnight. As the bell sounded the hour, there came a knocking at the street door. I went down to open it with a light heart, for what had I now to fear? There entered three men, who introduced themselves with perfect suavity, as officers of the police. A shriek had been heard by a neighbor during the night. Suspicion of foul play had been aroused. Information had been lodged at the police office, and they, the officers, had been deputed to search the premises. I smiled, for what had I to fear? I bade the gentleman welcome. The shriek, I said, was my own in a dream. The old man I mentioned was absent in the country. I took my visitors all over the house. I bade them search, search well. I led them at length to his chamber. I showed them his treasures, secure, undisturbed. In the enthusiasm of my confidence, I brought chairs into the room, and desired them here, to rest from their fatigues, while I myself, in the wild audacity of my perfect triumph, placed my own seat upon the very spot beneath which reposed the corpse of the victim. The officers were satisfied. My manner had convinced them. I was singularly at ease. They sat, and while I answered cheerily, they chatted of familiar things. But ere long, I felt myself getting pale and wished them gone. My head ached, and I fancied a ringing in my ears, but still they sat and still chatted. The ringing became more distinct. It continued and became more distinct. I talked more freely to get rid of the feeling, but it continued and gained definitiveness until at length i found that the noise was not within my ears no doubt i now grew very pale but now i talked more fluently and with heightened voice yet the sound increased and what could i do it was a low dull quick sound much such a sound as a watch makes when enveloped in cotton i gasped for breath and yet the officers heard it not i talked more quickly more vehemently but the noise steadily increased I arose and argued about trifles, in a high key and with violent gesticulations, but the noise steadily increased. Why would they not be gone? I paced the floor to and fro with heavy strides, as if excited to fury by the observations of the men, but the noise steadily increased. Oh, God, what could I do? I foamed, I raved, I swore, I swung the chair upon which I had been sitting and grated it upon the boards, but the noise arose over all and continually increased. It grew louder, 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 and still the men chatted pleasantly and smiled. Was it possible they heard not? Almighty God, no, no, they heard, they suspected they knew they were making a mockery of my horror this I thought and this I think but anything was better than this agony anything was more tolerable than this derision I could hear those hypocritical smiles no longer I felt that I must scream or die and now again hark louder 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 villains I shrieked Dissemble no more I admit the deed tear up the planks here here it is the beating of this hideous heart I hope everybody has a happy Halloween This is going to do it for our little special clip. And um, as always, you can find our podcast wherever it is that you listen to your favorite podcast. You can find us at LurkPodcast.com. You can find links to all of our social media there. We always suggest you follow one or all of those. We have merchandise available at LurkPodcastMerch.com. We have t-shirts, hoodies, baby clothes, toddler shirts, pretty cool logo. I made it myself. So definitely check that out. If you have any suggestions for upcoming episodes, please drop us a line at uh, lurkpodcast at yahoo.com or via direct message through any of our social media applications. So that's going to do it. And uh, as always, till next time, keep lurking. Never more. Never more.